0: At one point, I just found myself on my knees, like sobbing in the shower and thought, enough. I just cannot do it. And I realized the thing that was missing was me. Like I had lost myself in this process of trying to do it all and be it all. And I had lost what was important.
1: I'm Amy. And I'm Abby.
2: Today on the podcast, we have Whitney Caceres. Whitney has a private practice where she spends her days working as a pediatrician. She's an author, most recently writing The Working Mom Blueprint, Winning at Parenting Without Losing Yourself, and is a mom of two little girls. We're excited to dive into this conversation with you today, Whitney, but first, I would love it if you shared the
0: mission behind Modern Mommy Doc. Absolutely. And thank you both so much for having me. It's my pleasure to be here and to talk with women and with moms. My mission at Modern Mommy Doc really is to help modern professional women to thrive in their motherhood experience and to not just survive. To go from that place of feeling really conflicted, stretched too thin, pulled in way too many directions to feeling centered, grounded, and purposeful.
1: And we have so much of our audience, Amy and I included, in this audience that are feeling stretched right now. So this is really coming at perfect timing, and we can't wait to dig in. So you were in a position as a pediatrician where you were seeing the impact that COVID-19 had on families. And you saw so many women and mothers come into your office and tell you, that they had to take a leave of absence because they couldn't work and help their child with the virtual learning as well as all the other demands that the pandemic had on families. And this part of your book really stuck out to me. You said, the problem is for many of us, there are no alternatives right now. These moms like you and me are doing the best they can day in and day out to manage it all. Being a working mom, even in normal times, is stressful enough, but now Now the stress is sometimes just too much. And then you go on, Dr. Whitney, to talk about how you coach people to really learn how to pare down. So paring down from having too many activities and paring down on saying yes to every invitation. So can you please, please speak to this more?
0: Yeah, and it's true. I mean, moms just were Flooding into the office, like my, my office exam rooms tend to generally speaking be like a therapy zone where people just like share their heart with me all the time. But I think that even more so during the pandemic, it was like our masks were off and people were just being so vulnerable about this place of impossibility that they found themselves in in motherhood. And like I said, I I, I think that that in the book, I, I think that that is a place that moms actually find themselves in nine times out of 10 anyway, in regular life, it's just that the pandemic put a magnifying glass on it. And I have really decided that the key to not feeling that way is two things. Number one, deciding what are the priorities that you have in your life. Like when you are 80 at your birthday party and people are hopefully celebrating you, what are the things that you want them to remember about you that you did, who you were, what you accomplished, who you spent your time with, that type of thing. So really honing in on what I call modern mommy doc, your centered vision for your life. And then after you know what you want to say yes to then making a really conscious mindful decision to say no to all the other things that don't fall into that centered vision or to do those things to attend to those things but to do them really strategically and within the centered life model that we have at modern mommy doc there are kind of four places that Those kind of extraneous things fall into. One are non negotiable things you have to do yourself, right? There's, as a doctor, I have to write my own notes. I have to um, see my own patients. I have to answer some of my own emails. And so those are places, though, that we can build efficiency and we can build streamlining. We can decide that there are some tasks that we do every single day that we can actually have some selective mediocrity around, right? We can say, like, I'm going to get this done, but actually, isn't the right thing to say I should do every single thing 100% to my full capacity. Some things I should do kind of like mediocre so that that way I can do other things really, really well. So that's number one. Number two is kind of these swappables, the things that we could hand off to somebody else, either outsourcing or even better to a partner if you have one in your household or to your kids if they're old enough. And then these contaminators, which are the things that really fill up our lives that we are a part of or say yes to kind of for the wrong reasons. We say yes because we have obligation or we have guilt or we don't want to look bad. That's like the fifth extracurricular activity that your kid does or the fourth committee that your boss asks you to be a part of. And then lastly are kind of these heartstrings. And these are the things that we all really want to do, but man, we do them at the wrong time. It can put a lot of stress and strain on our families or if we don't do them in the right way. So that's like seeing our extended family and fitting in friends that we really care about that need a shoulder to cry on at a certain moment. And so kind of keeping boundaries that are really healthy for ourselves allows us to enjoy those times.
1: And I'm glad you brought that up right at the beginning of this conversation. We we really got right into it <laughs> right away. But when you can find the priorities in your life and what you call that centered vision, then you can figure out what boundaries you need to set with yourself and with other people to make sure that your schedule is aligned with those priorities. And it's one thing that we were honestly forced to learn during the pandemic, but arguably it's also one thing that we can take from it and use it for our own good now that things are starting to look a little bit more normal. So. I know personally, there are a few things that we I just couldn't go to. Like I didn't feel comfortable. It wasn't safe. And my first immediate reaction was relief. Yeah. For the first time in my life, I felt like I had some space. And I want to be really, really careful with what I start to let back in. So Dr. Whitney, can you give our listeners your take on not filling that calendar too full for yourself, for your family, as things
0: do start to get more back to normal? Yeah, well, I think... First and foremost, we have to think about um, just why it's so difficult for us as women. I think that we're all really trained to be accommodated, or most of us, not all. I mean, some of you probably had very woke parents, but I was trained (laughs) to be very accommodating to people, to be polite, to always say thank you, which is a good thing to use my manners, but also if someone needed something for me to say yes right away. And I think that we're just learning that for our kids, that's my world that I live in and um, training other people with their kids, but also for ourselves, that actually that in the end makes us resentful and it makes it so that actually we're not able to enjoy our time and spend our energy in, in ways that we want to and so to me setting boundaries really is just about giving people guidelines that will help them understand how we work and to make it so that when we are together that we have the best time possible that it works out the absolute best one example. For us with the pandemic, we didn't see my in-laws for a year and a half because, you know, we all had to wait to be vaccinated. They live in a different state. And so when we did decide to get together, we have in the past gone to their home where they've come here. And my daughter, who is a high needs kiddo, a really severe anxiety disorder, sensory processing issues, and gets very, very irritable and overwhelmed when there are people kind of in her personal space um, in our home. She has had a hard time previously with that. And so this time we decided, you know, our boundary is we need to go to a place that's kind of a neutral ground. First of all, we end up going kind of to like a beachy area and spending the night in the condo. And we need to be there by ourselves for the first 24 hours in order for her to settle in and feel really comfortable and kind of get used to the new space and the new time zone that we were in. And then you guys can come. And we realize that that's going to cut your vacation short a bit, but that's going to make it so much better for us. And so I've extended that to in my own life and encourage other women to do the same when it comes to you know, saying yes to go to a dinner date with friends. Maybe you're not quite ready for that. Maybe, you know, the backyard barbecue on a Sunday, you've decided like that plus soccer practice plus, you know, a work meeting that you had that week that was really stressful is just too much. And so taking that pause to look back at how did the week before go? Did you kind of cram your schedule too full? Did you create situations that made you in the end exhausted or overextended? And then as you look forward to the next week, doing kind of an audit to say, okay, what do I have here filling up my schedule? Is that stuff that's really going to serve me the vast majority or is the vast majority of that stuff that I'm going to feel really, really frustrated with or exhausted at the end of the week?
2: Yeah, and I know you're speaking to so many of us because I think it has become really, really common for us to fill our plates so, so full. And so now we're kind of wrestling with, okay, how do we make things better? How do we feel a little bit better? I wanted to talk about another part of your book that I loved. So here's a quote from it. You said, raising children is hard. So is working full-time taking care of a household, maintaining a thriving romantic relationship with a partner, and taking care of yourself. No amount of education or expertise makes this thing called modern motherhood any less challenging, even if you are a Stanford-trained pediatrician and run a website on the topic on the side. So Abby and I really love when our experts become real and relatable with our listeners, because it's so easy for us to look at someone else's life and think, wow, she must have it easier. Like she's a doctor. She knows so much more about sick kids. Like they'll start to idealize someone else's life. So I want you to talk about the areas that you've grown to make all of these things work together that you're doing right now, because you are doing a lot. I know that I've learned so much in the past couple of years, namely where I need some help to do all of this. So I would love if you shared your takeaways with how you are making your life work. Yeah.
0: People are done with self-help people who have written books or experts. Like they kind of act like they have it all together when you know that we're all humans and that we all still have struggles two major things influenced me and and brought me to my knees and kind of made me do this whole trial by fire thing. And the first was my daughter, who I mentioned earlier, when I was a pediatrician before I had her, to be perfectly honest, I feel like I was relatively judgmental of other parents. I thought that they should just kind of get it together. Like sleep training is not that hard. Feeding a kid's not that hard. Just tell the kid this is what's for dinner and then that's what they should eat. And then I had my own daughter and she did not sleep and she was a colicky hot mess and I fell into a deep postpartum depression and anxiety and my husband and I were at odds with each other as she got older and you know, that baby stage wore off. And then now she was a more extreme toddler who would be amazingly creative and compassionate to her sister and to us and to other people, but then all of a sudden would fly into these fits of rage. And I found myself in a complete loss with her and feeling like I needed to pour myself into her and like continue just feeding this well of need that she had for us to be okay. And at the same time, I was a working person. I mean, I was a executive level partner at my pediatrics practice and my partners expected me to continue being at that same level. Once I had kids, they did not expect me to back down and things got more complicated. Right. I, as I got older and my kids got older, my kids had school things that I needed to arrange. And my youngest daughter had clothes that needed to be purchased. And my marriage, we needed to attend to my husband. I've been married for almost 17 years now. and, and it just became too much because it really was this like yo-yo experience where I would be pulled in all directions, and I would give into something. I would give into my work, give it a hundred percent, and then I would feel like I was a horrible mom. And then I would give it one hundred percent into my family and all the psychiatrists and parent coaches and food experts that we need to see for my daughter. And then I would feel like I wasn't a good job at work. And at one point, I just. Found myself on my knees, like sobbing in the shower, and thought, Enough. I just cannot do it. And I realized the thing that was missing was me. Like I had lost myself in this process of trying to do it all and be it all. And I had lost what was important. And I could spend all day checking off items on a checklist in order to make sure that everything was attended to in my life. And at the end of the day, I could feel miserable and pretty desolate. And so that's what what brought me to doing Modern Mommy Doc. And that is the struggle that I still face every single day that I still have to remind myself that giving myself space to be mindful, to take care of myself, to attune to what my needs are to remember what really matters so that when you know we're having a horrible day with my with my daughter with my kids that I can say, okay, who cares what's for dinner? We're ordering takeout tonight. Or, you know, when I am having something that really is important at work, that I can say the house can stay a mess. Because those are not the things that actually matter in my life. And it's a a constant revisiting of those things that, that keeps moving me forward. And the reason I care so much about Modern Mommy Doc and about giving this message to other moms of kind of streamlining and paring down is because I have lived it the other way. And my situation, I think, was probably a bit more extreme than it is for some other moms. But I know, as I talk to moms over and over and over again, that I am not alone in that feeling of like kind of constant productivity, constant anxiety and stress about all the stuff that has to get done.
1: Oh Gosh, I'm over here um, tearing up a little bit with that answer. It just really, really resonated with me. The tears in the shower and feeling like you're being inadequate in certain areas of your life when all you want to do is take those steps forward. Like, I, I feel that. I feel that in my bones. I know so many of our listeners feel that in their bones as well. And I liked what you said there with that constant reminder. Like, you need to constantly be reminding yourself to take that space, to figure out what your needs are, to truly understand what matters. Because it is in those moments that we can feel so alone. We can feel so lost. But when we go back to our values and what's most important – that's when we can start to make some of those steps forward. Thank you for that. Like, I'm going to keep on moving on here, but gosh, this has been a really emotional week.
0: Hmm. Honestly, I feel that like the thing is, I think the other reason I like doing this work so much is because we all wear these masks of like, it's all fine. It's going well. Here's my Instagram life. And the reality is, there is some deep stuff, you know, that as moms that we carry, there are some deep, deep burdens. And when I write about this in, in the, in the book, I just, I, I'm feeling with you so hard right now because mm-hmm. a week ago, my husband and I were in the kitchen sobbing over a horrible lamping experience that we had with our daughter, (laughs) you know, we're like, you, we took her to this place and like, it should be amazing. And, you know, the kids are fighting and they want to go home. And it's not because they're like spoiled brats. It's because literally like her nervous system could not handle it. Right. And, and just this feeling of loss of like, we can't be normal. You know, we, in my family, we can't do camping. We can't do a normal thing that other people should be able to do. And this feeling of like, I just want to have a normal family. And those are like the self-compassion moments that I have to stop, that I have to give a hug to my husband, that I have to call a friend, that I have to go back to these, these principles of like, okay, what matters? What matters is connection with my kids. That matters to me. Okay. So that might not look normal to other people as as same as other people. What could that look like for me? That could still feel really fulfilling and purposeful. Okay. That means for me lying in a hammock at night with my daughter when she can't sleep and staring up at the stars for me, got to be just as valuable as some like amazing, you know, (laughs) theme park experience or camping experience, which is just not going to happen for us what matters to me with my husband? Is it that like, we never argue and we're like 100% in sync. We're always happy with each other. No, it's that we are the people that can look in each other's eyes and say, you know, dear Lord, make me a bird so I can fly far, far away, (laughs) like with each other and laugh with each other, right? Because that's the type of relationship that we've built over the past eight years, trying to really survive, you know? And I think that's the same thing for a lot of moms. It sounds like it is you know, for you too. It's like this coming back to, um, just the basics, just the basics of, uh, of what you need in that moment.
1: All right, friends, we want to bring up our newest podcast partner, which is Viori Clothing. So Viori is designed to work out in, but it doesn't look or feel like it. It's so freaking comfortable that you're going to want to wear it all the time. Why Amy and I love it is that the products are also versatile. You can use them for running or training or yoga, but you can also use them just for lounging around on the couch or running weekend errands. One of my favorites is the women's daily legging. These have the perfect high waist drawstring tie and a no-slip fit. So just just as the name suggests, you're gonna want to wear them daily. For our herself listeners, you can get 15% off your first order by going to vioriclothing.com backslash herself. That's viori vuoRI clothing.com backslash herself to get 15% off. As a heads up, on every purchase over $75, you'll also get free shipping and free returns. So again, that website is vioriclothingcom backslash herself. And in all of this, you're writing your own script. So your script isn't what some other family's script or weekend plans or highlight reel is going to look like. Like all of our stories are going to look a little bit different. And so much of the time, we can blame ourselves for this. We can think that we're not doing our best, but that's just not the case. And you you talk about this in your book, and Caitlin Collins brings this up. She's the author of Making Motherhood Work, How Women Manage Careers and Caregiving, and Collins found that American moms seem to have it the worst when it comes to finding that balance between the conflicts at work and home, and they oftentimes see it as their own fault. So you say in your book, I want American moms to stop blaming themselves. I want American mothers to stop thinking that somehow their conflict is their own fault, and that if they tried a little harder, got a new schedule, woke up a little earlier every morning, Use the right planner or the right app that they could somehow figure out the key to managing the stress. And that's just not the case. So can you please expand on this?
0: Yes. I mean, we have to quit it with the productivity and efficiency is the answer. Yes. Like it's not, right? It's a part of the puzzle. Like for those non-negotiables that I was talking about, that matters in terms of that, like, sure. Um, making sure that I only do my emails from eight to nine, you know, in the morning and that I put away the computer the rest of the time and then come back to it. Sure. That matters. You know, I do laundry on Wednesday night. That's a big thing at modern mommy doc that like our laundry deal, but like we do laundry on one day and I leave the rest of it, the rest of the week. And I don't really care what happens with it. Like as a, as a method of efficiency and of productivity, But if you don't have the rest of it, it doesn't matter at all. And I think we have to realize too, there are so many factors in our world that we cannot control that have brought us to this point as women, some that were really well-intentioned and of course some that were not, right? So one, we have so much institutional bias that makes it harder for women in the workplace. Just this idea that a lot of times society looks at us like we should work like we don't have kids and we should parent like we don't work. Like we should just act like those two things are not symbiotic when in fact they are for so many of us. This idea, and thank goodness with COVID, I think we're getting a little bit better with this, but like that when a woman asks for flexibility or asks for time for her lactation needs or takes her guaranteed right of parental leave, that that somehow makes her kind of like less than in the workplace, right? We have to change that. We have to create a culture where people are are parenting out loud and where parenting is seen as just the same as if you were someone who had like an ailing parent and you needed to help them, or you had a heart attack and you needed to go out of work for that. Like that it's the exact same thing. It's just like a stage in life that you're going through that our work has to see us as more humans, right? There's the gender inequity that happens in our household where women carry the mental load and also the physical labor, the household labor, the what's called kinship labor. So like taking care of writing cards to Aunt Susie for her birthday, right, that we carry the vast majority of that mental load. So there are a lot of things that are not about us just being better at being productive and efficient that make it difficult for women to get a leg up. And all of those things, I'm a really big proponent of changing policy, of changing workplace culture, of working on inequities within our partnerships if you if you have a partner that you parent with and at the same time I know in my own household in my own life that those things are slow to change and that even if I like I'm doing my absolute best in my work to move things forward. It probably won't be until my kids are in the workplace or until my kids' kids are in the workplace that hopefully we move the needle quite a bit. And so I'm really invested in for women, them understanding all of those things really are probably going to remain largely out of your control or at least somewhat out of your control and you can work on them, but it's not the full answer. The full answer is deciding that even in the midst of all of those challenges, that you are going to change the way that you respond to the pressures that come at you to do it all and be it all. Like you have to make a decision to say, okay, even with all of that happening, what is the framework I'm going to use? What's the centered vision I'm going to have? for my own life, how am I gonna take care of myself and place myself in the center of my centered vision and and really practice self-care, not in like a mani-pedi kind of way, but in a way that like feeds my soul. What are the things I need to do to be alive, to be alive and to feel like when I respond to my kids, when I respond to requests from work, when I have these times of conflict between work and home, that I can actually make responsive decisions versus decisions that come from a place of guilt or resentment?
2: Ooh, that's such a, it's such a frustrating answer to hear. And I know mm-hmm. it's such a complex situation that we have going here. Um, I can say, especially in America, but You know, I think there is many of us that are on this life mission that we have to move this forward. If it isn't for us, it's for the people that we're raising. And you can make change, I know. So before I was doing all this, I was a nurse and really had to advocate for better um, pumping policies. And it got moved through pretty fast. And we had a lot of buy-in because there's 60 women that are working in that, um, I was working in a cancer center. And so I don't know, I just want to plug to like keep going and try to get changes. And I'm also hearing what Whitney is saying on some stuff we can't change right now. So we have to figure out, but I just, I get so frustrated for women that everything falls on our shoulders. It's like, okay, yeah. this isn't working, but you guys figure it out or you guys figure out how to do self-care better because you're,
0: you're being drowned by the system. So. Yeah. 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 Well, let, yeah. let me be clear too. My stance is 100% not that you should not be loud and active and, challenging the the people in your workplace. I remember I've said this multiple times on Modern Mommy Docs podcast. So, you know, I'll say it here too. that when I, I mean, I work in a pediatrician's office and when I've had my first daughter, they're like, so how much time exactly do you need for pumping? And I go, Hey, let me pull out the law. <laughs> yeah, if you need to, then I will. You know, get somebody in here also to advocate for me. Like, heck no. You know, um, people like Mary Beth Ferrante, who uh, leads Work 360, is all about actually going into organizations and teaching higher level executives about this, so that. We can have better policies, mother, honestly, um, watch her work. So there are so many organizations that are doing this. So I don't think it's an either or at all. I think 100% we should be pushing as hard as we can. And I'm also a big fan of uh, Eve Rodsky, who wrote the book Fair Play, who talks about how to divide up tasks and responsibilities like a team with your partner. So that's a great resource for if you're struggling in terms of your own home dynamics. And at the same time, I'll hear people say, or I'll get responses on my website. For example, after I did an interview with the that will say like, well, shouldn't it be that women shouldn't have to even have these conversations with like their partners? Why is it on us to start the conversation about there being equity in homes? And to that, I guess I say, I think it's a like this and situation, right? Like gosh, I would love it if I didn't have to be the person that brought up the fact that the chores aren't equal in my house.
2: And that's where I'm If at I don't, house. then I'm screwed. Yeah, like <laughs> exactly. we we're so aligned with what you're yeah. saying on this episode. Like we're right there with you. Totally understood your answer. I'm like it's just it is very frustrating sometimes to totally. be a woman and to have all of this. But I love that there are a lot of us that are saying like this is this is not going to work, and this is enough, yeah. and and pointing these things out. Okay, so we're going to move on to the next question, because one of our followers sent this in, and she said, can you talk about returning from maternity leave in a positive way? All I see is negativity about the topic, and I loved her for asking this question, because I see the same thing, and I don't think it is a very, it can be an emotional journey for women. Mm-hmm. But there's also, like, I love being a working mom. I'm very vocal about that. I love my role. So I also want women to know that it can be a good thing. Yes,
0: 100%. I love working too. And the time that I spend away from my kids working is I get to pee when I want to. I eat my own lunch in my office by myself with a fork. And nobody, I don't have to eat off other people's place. So 100%. When you are returning back to work after having a baby, a couple of things that you can do to make it super positive. One is I think, early on, after you have disclosed your pregnancy, have that conversation with either other women who are more senior than you about what the pumping policies are, or what their experience has been at your workplace. So that way you're kind of set up for that. Number two, I would say make your home getting ready for work regimen as simple as possible. That might mean that you have someone of like a capsule wardrobe slash uniform that you're wearing, right? So I had, for example, like five skirts that were like very similar, just different colors. But, you know, when I was first going back to work and I was still wearing kind of slightly bigger clothes because I was postpartum still hadn't quite gotten back into my regular exercise routine that I bought some cheaper skirts that I could say like, okay, these are all going to be easy for me to just throw on and wear. Same with shirts, right? So I didn't have to think about it quite as much. I've had a lot of other women in my tribe who have used like rental services for clothes for postpartum so that it's really easy to put together outfits as they're heading back to work. The other is asking at your position before you come back. And again, thankfully with COVID, hopefully this will be a bit better, asking about what are the options for potentially a flexible work schedule or for a kind of ramping up schedule. So if it's possible for you to do, you know, three quarter time for a month while you get used to going back to work and then go back to full-time if that's your plan. So I think it never hurts to ask and even more now, you are more likely to get the flexibility offerings that your work might have at this point. So that's one thing. Um, The other is I would say when you are working and going back to work, that is a moment after you've had your baby to really think about your time when you're not at work, how you want to spend it. So I would, At all times, I advise people not to overschedule, but my goodness, in that moment, that is a time to keep your weekends kind of as clear as possible so that you have time to rest, hopefully, Um, that that way you don't feel like when you go back to work or the work week that you are just stressed out even more. So keeping things kind of as simple as possible. Even though it feels like sometimes when you go back to work that maybe scheduling a ton of super fun activities with your family on the weekends will serve you, most times actually having the flexibility and relaxation on the weekends is better. And then childcare is the other issue in the book. Actually, we have a full chapter that is about ways to find quality childcare how to decide between childcare options. So a childcare center versus a nanny versus a sitter versus potentially family members or a nanny share. So you can check that out too. And it has a whole questionnaire even in there for childcare centers and for nannies slash sitters. So you can find someone who's really quality.
1: I definitely wish I had that answer five years ago when I came back from my first maternity leave, I can see how the flexible schedule was something that I did with my first. Definitely did not do that capsule wardrobe, and I felt uncomfortable every single day for weeks and weeks and weeks when I was trying to fit back into like in that middle ground when you're not quite in maternity wear or it just doesn't look good on you, but you definitely aren't fitting back into your old stuff. So I definitely wish I would have had some of those answers before. My favorite one there, though, was how you spend your time outside of it. The weekends can feel so rushed and you can feel like you're wanting to pile in as much as you possibly can. But if you can take that time to be with that baby or to be with your children, like I think that would have really, really helped me and a lot of women who are coming back, coming back from that maternity leave. We have talked about the self-care a little bit, and you do such a good job about bringing up not just the mani-pedi, as you put it earlier in this episode, but true self-care, self-care for your soul. And on your website, you say... Because mama, when you take better care of yourself, you can take better care of everyone and everything else. So what are some ways that you implement self-care into your own life?
0: Yeah. So let me first say this, because on a recent interview, we had a a feedback comment that I I realized, oh, maybe I didn't address it in a way that I really, really wanted to. And maybe I wasn't clear enough. Or maybe the person just didn't understand, which is fine too. (laughs) But I don't mean that you create a system that makes you selfish, that makes you neglect your kids, that you know, sends you on spa weekends every other day, you know, to, to be away from everybody and that you are not invested fully. But I believe, and actually the science backs up, that when we create space to remember who we are as human beings, to remember the things that bring us joy, to remember the things that make us feel alive, then that allows us to not be on our edge constantly at work with our kids, with our partners. (laughs) I'm always talking about this analogy of like an Instapot, you know, without a valve release. So if you are like just doing work, 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 you work at home, you work with the kids, you work at your actual work, and you're just like building all that, pressure inside has to go somewhere, right? And so the goal is basically to create times where you have some release of that pressure in small amounts. So that way you don't have to kind of like explode when you get to your edge and feel like you are just overwhelmed and over it. Every single person has their own version of what makes them tick. What makes me tick is being in a very dark room with very loud hip hop music playing with someone reminding me that being on an exercise bike, going as fast as I can is actually like enjoyable and that I like should be grateful for it. Right. <laughs> so that is my version of of self-care. Other people like to read books. Other people like to sit quietly and watch the ocean. Other people like to go and have a glass of wine with a friend. Other people like to meditate, right? So it doesn't matter what it is that you do. And it doesn't have to be serious. It can be just something that makes you alive. And I advise people in the book to take Three times a week as as a guide, again, you can kind of like create your own adventure, but for most of the women that I work with, this is kind of like the cadence that allows them to have enough regularity. So three times a week for about an hour, that is about this thing that you love doing. And then to every single day, take five minutes of your time that you just are quiet with yourself. Listening to a guided meditation, listening to a favorite song, being in the shower for five extra minutes with the door locked so your kids can't come in, sitting with a cup of coffee, staring at the birds, right? None of these things have to be expensive. You don't even have to leave your house to do any of these things. But the five minutes a day is about just reconnecting with yourself, being still enough to be kind of vulnerable with yourself. So, you know, earlier in this episode, we were both getting emotional because we took a second to like reflect and to think about what our emotions are to feel when we're busy, 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 busy all day long. We don't have that time to really like check in with ourselves and take a temperature gauge. So that's what the five minutes is for. And then the one hour, three times a week is about, again, reconnecting to like feeling good so that we can remember so that when we don't feel good at other times in the day, we can check back in and go like, uh oh, I think I'm not like quite in alignment here. (laughs) Maybe I need to like take a breath, go to the bathroom, get a drink of water, take a 10 second break, like whatever it is to get back to that place where we're more aligned and more centered.
2: A quick break from our longtime sponsor, BetterHelp. Abby and I are passionate about BetterHelp because our therapists have helped us through some really challenging seasons. And as we're talking about in this episode... Working motherhood can be really demanding. I know I had to have several conversations with my therapist about strategies that I could use to try to shift some of the mental load off of myself and get help from my partner. So you are not alone if this feels really hard for you. You are not alone if you need some help from a professional, just like Abby and I. So if you want to use this incredible service, you can go to betterhelp.com slash herself and get 10% off your first month. Again, that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com backslash herself. And you can join over the million people that are using BetterHelp's services. And this is a subject that Abby and I talk about a lot on here. And I think at first, women can look at that and be like, it seems like another to do. And they're like, I'm so overwhelmed already. What are you talking about? An hour. But what, what we try to give a gentle pushback is once you start implementing this into your life and you see the positive impacts, like you talk about the studies prove this, but women really have to buy in for themselves and take that time to, to recognize why it's so important for not only you, But then also it's so nice that it does have that ripple effect. Like you do feel, I feel more patient with my kids. I feel kinder towards my husband if I'm taking care of myself. So that's one thing that I think it's really important to get across is if you guys aren't there yet, you know, trying this starting with a half hour, maybe I think you'll see the things it can do inside
0: of your life. And there are some weeks that I don't do this at all right i feel horrible when i don't but i'm going to be like let's let's be real here right there are some weeks that i'm so busy that i i can't like take care of myself right and i pay the price like my body always pays the price my mind always pays the price and in covid I totally get it. In quarantine, that's why in part why everyone's going so totally crazy, right? Yeah. Like they do all those normal practices. And so it's okay. Like I always am telling people, it's it's okay. Like give yourself grace. There's a season, there are moments, there's a week where the thing that you know would actually make you feel better doesn't happen because you're so overwhelmed. You can't even do that thing. Right. Yeah. Like, that's cool. This is more just like a framework to come back to when you do have the bandwidth to say, okay, I need to reset. You know, yeah. the, this is a way to kind of have that framework.
2: And when you skimp on it and and then you crash and burn, you're always like,
0: dang it. I know that this happens every time I don't do it. Why do I do this?
2: <laughs> um, one thing that I really love that you made clear in your book is that working motherhood is demanding. And just last week, something I didn't share online is that I really hit a wall. My body said, "Hey, this is too much." i mean i'm I burst into tears. I felt nauseous. I had to leave work and go sleep for two and a half hours at home, And I never really do things like that. Whoa. So I had recognized I'm like, okay, Abby and I had a launch of of a clothing line that we did. we had I had sick kids at home along with everything that I'm normally responsible for, which is already a lot. Something that I've shared with Abby is that it's really hard because my career started to take off after I became a mother. And I know that a lot of women are in my shoes. You know, we've put years into growing our businesses or climbing a corporate ladder and now motherhood and their career are on this crash course. And for a lot of us, they do collide. So I would love if you gave myself and other women in the same position advice on this piece of it.
0: Well, I think that's totally true. I think that for many of us, it's not until we reach motherhood that actually we're reaching the peak of our careers that we figure out what we actually want to do with our lives. Right? (laughs) that's true for me with Modern Mommy doc. that did not start until my youngest was one year old that I really got into this more pu- purposeful work that I feel like I do with Modern Mommy doc, And it is about, to me, mindful self-compassion is the answer to those times where work and motherhood are completely at odds with each other. And um, Mindful self-compassion for those who aren't familiar with it is this idea of kind of emotion coaching ourselves and being more of a positive inner coach versus a mean inner critic. And as moms and as women, we're really good at being mean inner critics. Again, conditioning, so societal conditioning, and also I, I don't know, maybe it's or makeup—I have no idea—but with our kids, if you're a parent, you probably know this well. This idea of emotion coaching—it's like. My youngest daughter, Maria, she gets upset. I say to her, you are really angry right now because you do not get to have a popsicle for breakfast. Then I say to her, that makes sense. I validate her emotion. You got angry because you really wanted that and you couldn't have the thing you wanted. And then maybe there's some common humanity piece that I put in there too, right? Like a lot of kids would like popsicles for breakfast. And then we move on to the solution of we can't have popsicles for breakfast. We can have one later today, or we're having that on Sunday or whatnot. So as parents, we become really good at emotion coaching our kids. And that is an evidence-based practice that the American Academy of Pediatrics talks about as women, as parents, we're less attuned to this and less skilled at it. So with the work-life kind of conflict that comes in, or my kids and my work, this sometimes will happen where my kids will say to me, like, mom, you know, you just are like writing on your stuff for modern mommy Doc, and I need you. I want you to be the one that takes me to camp today. And then this feeling comes. I'm a bad mom. I feel really like stressed out because I feel like my kids need me. And I have this other like job thing that I really actually want to do. And in fact, I feel kind of guilty because I actually want to do the job thing more than take them to camp at this moment. And then I validate that feeling. Well, that makes sense because I've worked really hard to get to this place in my career and because I love my kids. And then common humanity. I bet every other working mom out there, I could fill a coliseum for working moms who would feel this exact same way. Now I've taken that pause. Now I have given myself that space to, instead of acting just on that emotion from the get-go to go, huh, why do I have the emotion? It makes sense that I have it. There's other people that have it too. Then I'm in a position to respond to the situation versus react to it. And that response depends on the day. Sometimes the response is, okay, Whitney, listen, you know, you love your kids. You know that you're invested in them. You know, this is something really important that needs to happen for work though. And that you really want to do. You need to tell your kids, I love you very much. Your daddy will be taking you to camp today. I will see you tonight. Love you and dig into your work. Sometimes if I know that I've been actually probably a little bit too invested in work in that moment, I've been like leaning a little bit too hard and have been kind of ignoring my kids, that I can stop and say, you know, this meeting actually doesn't matter very much at all. I'm going to cancel. I'm going to go do the thing that I need to with my kids. They need me right now more than this needs me, right? And so those moments of conflict of kind of constant, like competing interests become less like emotionally charged and I can actually use my rational thinking to make a decision that fits with my centered vision. Because in my centered vision, I don't just have my kids. I don't just have my work. I have connection and contribution to other women. I have taking care of my mental health and making sure that my physical health is good. And so I have to consider kind of all those parts and pieces and I can't do it when I'm coming from a place of guilt and emotionally being charged. So taking that that moment for mindful self-compassion is the way that I have found and that many working women have found to be able to not be caught up in the moment and instead zoom out and look at the big picture when those competing interests arise.
1: Amen to all of that. We are so much more than just one title. Like we are wearing multiple hats all at the same time. And I can even hear right now, Whitney, in my mind, what that coach sounds like versus what that critic sounds like when looking at the exact same situation. So really making sure that that coach is the one that is speaking gently, but speaking louder when those conflicts come up, because we all feel them. We all have had that situation. It might not be exactly summer camp versus work, but we've all had that situation where we feel that guilt, we feel that shame, and we can't do our best work when we're coming from that place. So Whitney, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. We both have loved your book. We highly, highly recommend it for anybody who's a working woman. So please let us know where our audience can also find some more of you.
0: Yes, absolutely. Please come join us. We're on Instagram at modern mommy doc. You can follow us there. I said doc, but doc D O C. (laughs) And then we're also at modern mommy doc.com. And we have just started a new community that's called modern mama's club. And we have all of our on-demand videos on there, which is pretty cool. We have ones about navigating emotions with kids, so emotion coaching kids and taking care of kids because I am a pediatrician. We have one on parenting and partnership, so working along with a partner. We hit specifically have one on our signature curriculum on going from conflicted to centered. And we have workbooks and worksheets that go along with each of them. And we're going to do live events with experts as well. So join us, join us, join us there. We would love to have you be part of our community so you can continue on this journey. Because the thing is, like it's one thing for us to talk about all this on a podcast and give people good ideas. It's another thing to implement it along with other people that are on the journey with you.
2: Mm, Thank you so, so much. You guys, if you liked this episode and you think that other working mamas could use it, if you would tag us both on Instagram, Herself Podcast and Modern Mommy Doc, we would really appreciate it.